right. You're listening to the Stream Token Podcast, a show to help people make meaningful content and pursue their streaming passions. My name is Robert Maldonado. I'm an official Twitch content creator for the Army National Guard. I'm sitting down with other creators to talk about their processes, the lessons they've learned, and how to help others. Here at the Stream Token Podcast, we learn, share, and grow together. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of the Stream Token Podcast. Uh, super excited for today's conversation. Before I get started, I want to make sure you guys, if you want to find me live, I typically stream on twitch.tv backslash maldo underscore rob every Tuesday and Thursday evening from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, if you want to shoot me a message, the best place to find me online is twitter.com backslash maldo underscore rob. I'm typically there throughout the day. Um, if you want to reach out, let me know what you think of the show. Uh, also, wherever you're listening to this, rate the podcast. Let me know if you like it. Let me know if you hate it. Uh, either way, thank you guys for being here. So, my guest today, Mr. Greggles, phenomenal partnered musician on Twitch, uh, amazing drum skills, the things that I am watching him do on stream. Uh, he has crazy, crazy drumming skills. So straight from his about, it's about name, Greg, age, 26, location, UK. But he's a drummer, VX, VFX artist, programmer, suffer from Tourette syndrome. I am a creative through and through. I live to make and create beautiful things, be it music, art, or technology. Uh, had a phenomenal conversation. I might sound a little different on this episode because I got kicked out of my office about an hour before I was supposed to record with him because my wife had a conference call and we share an office and her work is more important than my podcast at times. So I have a, a little uh, Samson 2QU, I think. It's a little USB microphone that I plugged in my laptop and had the conversation in the in the bedroom while she was doing her conference call for work. So I might sound a little different, but I will see you guys at the end of the show. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, I think I, well, I say it in every episode. Um, I don't plan anything out. I don't have questions set up. This is a <laughs> I think of, you know, two people hanging out. Um, where where in the world exactly are you? I'm in the UK at the moment, yeah. So, drinking drinking a bit of tea. Are you a tea guy? I am not, actually. It, it astounds everyone who comes into my stream <laughs> or even meets me. They're like, oh, you're English, you must love tea. And I, I think in my life I've probably had a maximum of like 100 cups of tea. Over like the 27 years I've been on this planet, that's it. You know, I, it's not a thing for me. Like, I don't know what it is. Hot, hot drinks make me feel weird. Really? Um, yeah. So I, I actually mainly just drink water. I, uh, I love coffee. I, uh, just started, I just started new medication and I can't really drink caffeine as much and it makes me a little sad. Oh man. You see caffeine and I have a little bit of a love hate relationship because of my Tourette's. If I have too much caffeine, it, uh, I'm, I'm bouncing off the walls. So, I mean, I really like cold coffee. 
I can't really do... Well, I can't do normal coffee. It has to be, you know, really quite milky and have a lot of sugars in. But yeah. As iced lattes. <laughs> um, not ass lattes. Yeah, they're ice. a totally different thing. Ice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I absolutely love them. But after having one, I am All quite over. literally buzzing for the next four or five hours. A little <laughs> bit of caffeine just, oof. Yeah, um... I had a, a friend of mine, actually someone I met through gaming, he's in London, and he sent me, some, it's PG Tips or something like that, T? Yeah, PG Tips, that's quite a big yeah. one in the UK. Yeah, he's like, this is the one most people drink, and uh, I it was really good. I had it with a little cream and sugar, and I was like, man, I might like tea more than I think. Oh, you see, what you need to get is, now this is, even though I don't drink tea, this is coming from my sort of like heritage. I'm from a place in England called Yorkshire. At least that's where I was born, which mm -hmm. is uh, in America, they have states, etc. But, yes. you know, in the UK, we have counties um, and Yorkshire is the biggest county. I mean, it's it's minuscule compared to sort of like states in other countries. But, you know, Yorkshire is proud because we're sort of like our own mini part of the country. It's actually <laughs> okay. split up into four parts. It's that big. Yeah. Um, so I'm from North Yorkshire, and we have Yorkshire tea, and Yorkshire tea. it's just a, like a given thing that if you're from Yorkshire, you have to drink Yorkshire tea, and there's there's no other tea that's better. Even if they brought out a tea that was scientifically proven to be better, we would all swear down that Yorkshire tea was the best <laughs> thing ever made. It's it, it, okay. it's got to be done, you know. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Um... Yeah, so the end of the months tend to be the craziest for me, just work-wise. Um, we have, you know, quotas and things like that. Being So I'm a recruiter for the military. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, so I work for something called, do you know what a National Guard is? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, so it's a like a, a state-funded military, but we're part of the, uh, the big army. We're part of the U.S. Army. Um, and the end of the month is when, like, things are due. So I know last week we tried to do this. And then things didn't work out. And I was like, oh, this is actually perfect for me. <laughs> and then I'm setting up. So me and my wife share an office, uh, which I'm very jealous of your of your studio that you're building in the back. Oh, it's, uh, it's getting there. Getting there um, so we, you know, we're in a we're in Washington, D.C. It's a big city and we're in a small two bedroom apartment. So we share an office and I have all of my stuff in there. Fancy computer. Um, I use an Electrovoice RE320 uh, oh, with lovely the PBX286. Yeah, I you know I get all of my audio recommendations from Crashco Coec. <laughs> yeah. So I've modeled my sound off of all of his recommendations, um, and uh, I'm getting everything ready. And my wife's like, "Oh, I have a business meeting uh, right now, so I need the office." And I was like, "What? <laughs> what?" <laughs> so I am I'm in my bedroom on my laptop with my Samsung Q2U USB <laughs> microphone. I'll tell I was you like, what, it, it sounds great, man. From my, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, there is obviously degradation of signal <laughs> over the old internet, but yeah. um, it sounds it sounds really good. No noise, no. I this mean, is... so I was just going to say, you know, I, I mean, I'm using my uh, Elgato Wavelink microphone currently. Yeah. And... You know, it's a USB microphone, like you say, and you, you do hit that quality cap with USB microphones. You know, no matter what they do, it's it's just when, it's just there. 
but but like over Twitch, I mean, there just there is a cap on Twitch that you can only sound so good. Yeah, almost oh, definitely. I mean, what the audio bit rate they accept uh, is one sixty yeah. uh, rather than say two fifty six or three twenty. Like you, you can't actually. I mean, I in my new studio, I mean, I've invested in a three thousand pound audio interface, so dude. I'm, I'm I can't wait to see it. Oh, it. It's getting there. There's the thing is with it. There's a lot of really fiddly custom parts that I'm I'm rigging up. So all of those have to be thought out properly. You know, I it's not as if anything's shop bought. Like my yeah. my whole desk, my whole rack mount system, everything like that is custom made, designed by myself. Even the whole building is designed by myself wow. from the ground up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I I didn't personally build it. Uh, I mean, I did all the wiring and everything in it, but I, I had a, a company called Soundproofing Experts come in and build it. But it was to my exact specification, like the internal rooms had to be perfectly sized and had to fit in my garden correctly. And you, I've, you do, you have my dream set up. With that, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, sorry, I don't, I don't, no, I don't think I've told you. So uh, I was a musician for a very long time, for like a decade or so. Um, high school I was in the drum line I played a couple instruments when I was uh, one of my first professional jobs I was an assistant band director at a high school and uh, I was the the percussion whatever I ran the percussion section um, yeah. and uh, living in an apartment I can't have a drum set I've been there man it I, makes I, me sad <laughs> it's it's horrible I mean when I started streaming I was living in a two-bedroom flat apartment. Um, basically, my kitchen, my lounge, my sort of like just communal space was all in one room. And then I had a bedroom and the tiniest of bathrooms, like, you know, water closets. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. tiny. You barely fit the shower and the toilet in the same room sort of thing. <clears throat> and I had my drums in this front room. And I started streaming because no one lived underneath me at the time. And I was I was like, oh, yes, I can finally drum again. Um, and then someone moved in underneath <laughs> me. I was like, God damn it, you know, I've, I've just gotten this back. So I, I, I obviously ended up moving to try and circumvent yeah. not being able to drum because the streaming was going well. And then my neighbors at my old house were... Let's just say the worst. <laughs> I was the drummer, and they yeah. were the louder ones. Wow. Yeah, they they would screech and shout and party until 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, most nights. And then I had some students move in on the other side because I was in a terraced house. Um, and it, oh, it, was, it was just awful. So then when I bought, uh, was able to finally save up and buy... The house I'm in now, which I, you know, I own. It's the first house I've ever owned, so I can, you know, no one can tell me what to do. There's no landlord being like, you can't screw that into the wall, or you can't <laughs> do that in your gardens. So, um, obviously, I raised all the money to build the so new studio. You said you're you're it's 27. Yes. And you stream full time. I do. And you own a home. Indeed. Dude, that is a huge accomplishment. I mean, I'm. Sh I'm sure many people tell you uh, how great you're doing, but to be able to do all that is amazing as a full-time streamer. So you're obviously doing something very good or very well. Well, I, I sort of, 
the interesting thing about my the streaming for me is while it is now my full-time job and it is my dream job i'd never ever considered it and what i mean by that was when i so backstory and greggles here you know um <laughs> okay. cue not so epic music but <laughs> essentially when i when i was a kid and i was diagnosed with tourette's um it it sort of Let's just say I went through some very horrible experiences at school and um, long story short, without playing the you know whole pity card, shall we say, it was I was told by a lot of people, doctors and teachers that I would never amount to, surmount to anything. You know, it's crazy. I'd never do anything with my life. And instead of being like, right, OK, and slumping back into a corner, that was basically where I went, you know what, screw you guys. I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, so... Even aside from my school career, I spent a lot of time doing things that helped my Tourette's, which was art, mainly. So at the age of 10, I was selling my art pieces and making money. And, um, you know, I, I won awards for like youngest artists to exhibit in places. I won a design award, a national design award in the UK for designing an art easel that basically collapsed into itself and you could stick it in a backpack but expanded to six foot high and i i, I basically because <laughs> i had severe insomnia and still do at times uh, i just did whatever i could you know to occupy myself so i went from that into you know again just skipping school sort of thing and i started mm-hmm. drumming in school which allowed me a lot of my tourette's release but more to the point i i was like right i want to become an artist I really want to follow this and I trained and trained, went to university and studied visual effects and concept design. So special effects for films, basically. Um, And I then went on after university to work on some quite high level films. Um, You may have seen uh, a couple of them under the Marvel banner on, you know, in cinemas. Yeah. Um, Wow. And I thought, right, at that point, I was like, right, I've reached what I want to do with the rest of my life. And and then it quickly became quite tiresome. (laughs) Yes. Um, I mean, you were working from, you were getting up at six when I was living in London, getting up at six, traveling to work for eight, working until two in the morning in the office, traveling home, going to sleep, waking up again at six. You know, this was when you're at the peak of sort of producing a film. Yeah. Um, and what I did was very specialist. I was one of like four people in the company that we had, or well, not that we had, but I was working for freelance that did what I did. So my, it wasn't as if I could be like, right, okay, there's the rest of the team will help, you know, <laughs> yeah. like other teams did where yeah. everyone would work, but you'd sort of like pass around the load. It wasn't like that. Um, and it got tiresome very quickly. I, it just, you know, it burnt me out. And I ended up actually going from that at the age of 22 to starting my own tech company. Um, I had created a language that I used to talk to my Tourette's. I say talk to my Tourette's, basically allow me to understand my Tourette's so I could proper deal with it mentally. Um, And it turns out that that language that I created, which is called Seldom, was amazing for doing things with computers. So I uh, started a company which ended up getting a lot of investment and ended up being worth a lot of money. Whoa. Uh, at, I am talking millions. Um, 
I had uh, no idea I was talking to such a, a, a big time. Oh, no, good God, no. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing was, it, it. I very much went through this stage of being able to just throw money at stuff, you know, and mm -hmm. um, I, I guess it was very much a part of my life where I had a huge ego. And I think everyone goes through that oh, yeah. at some point in their life with something they do, and it, that was definitely it. Um, <laughs> but then one of the directors of the company committed fraud and stole from the company embezzled money, um, which we were on rolling funding from our investors, meaning that we didn't actually have money in the bank. If we wanted it, we applied for it. We, we asked them for it. It was provided. Yeah. We bought what we needed. Um, so we only had our initial investment still in the bank. And upon, obviously, this fraud happening, which I actually caught, uh, all of that funding was taken away, yeah. you know, quite rightly so. You know, no one yeah. wants to in invest in something that's obviously connected in any way to someone yeah. being fraudulent. So cue a couple of years of back and forth uh, court cases to try and get this guy out of the company and everything like that. And it bankrupt the company. And it also basically bankrupt me because all of my personal money was put into protecting the IP that I had, uh, which was this language that I'd created. Um, and I ended up falling into like the, the worst depression possible um, and working at a local supermarket because I, I couldn't trade freelance. I wasn't able to make any money under my own business name because until you're out of court you're restricted from that sort of stuff in the uk That's... um so yeah i was working at a local grocery store tesco's um and was there for a couple of years and at that point i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself everything i have has been taken away from me you know all my passions all my success yeah. has just been ripped ripped out of myself and i i didn't know what to do all of my confidence was shattered and my mate turned around to me and was like have you heard of twitch <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh dude i can't game um and i started game streaming for about a month um and then i no one watched i i wasn't enjoying it i because I, when i game i game i like to get yeah. into the game chat with some mates have a bit of banter but yeah. i'm not an entertainer when i'm gaming but i had my drumming and i hadn't picked up my drumsticks in about a year or two because of this issue you know with the company like yeah. i just didn't have the motivation to do anything and my mate sam turned around and said why don't you drum i was like nah no one will watch that um was that a thing was that a category at the time no music music, music didn't exist we had to stream in either creative or irl back when just chatting was called irl yeah and yeah i he introduced me to um the streamer, um, the 8-bit drummer, who, you know, sort of inspired me to do this. And I was like, wow, okay, people are actually watching this. So I jumped on and started playing the drums. And well, yeah, <laughs> the, the stream came out of there. So, I mean, buying the house and everything, I've been saving since I was a kid to try and buy a house, um, you know, get the, the down payment from mortgage, but also save... I. Even since being like 10, I was always saving for not retirement, but, you know, later years so I could do yeah. what I wanted. Um, but when I went full time with the streaming and I started getting the support that I, I was to allow me to invest in, you know, raising the money for the studio, um, 
I'd been looking to buy a house or at least move house. And I just thought, right, now's the time. You know, I, I had the chance to go full time to do this dream job. And if I didn't pull the trigger on it fully, you know, buy the house, build the studio, do everything I can in my power to make it the biggest success I could for myself, then I, w I felt I would have let myself down. Yeah. You know, I, I had to go for it. Otherwise, I wasn't going to go for something big again for a good 10 years sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and when you say you do just a drumming stream, I mean, I I watch some people with some technical shows. Uh, Crash Coic has a very technical show. Tom uh, Tom from, is it Tomination Time? He's got Tomination. a very technical show. But you, good sir, I feel like there's 10 supercomputers all around you with all of the things that you have going on <laughs> in that stream. It blows my mind. How many scenes do you have? Collectively, about 3,200. Oh, my God. Do you, do you have, like, just the super amazing computer? Uh, so I have... <laughs> I had three PCs that. running. Uh, oh. But I, my temporary setup at the moment is two PCs. Okay. But my new setup will have five. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I mean, I can run through it all if you'd like, <laughs> if you're uh, into that sort of stuff. Well, so, so I am. I, I do love nerding out about OBS scenes. I'm a big audio buff. Um, why do you want your show to be what it is? Oh, that's a fantastic question. So when, and this links back to sort of my company, which is all my art, whatever I do, I want to change things. Whatever okay. I do, I want to push. I So you want to innovate. I love inventing, innovation, progression. I, for me, sitting still is not an option. Um, you know, not being not unique because everyone wants to be unique everyone wants to have their own niche and and everything and 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 be the first at something and i it's not possible you know this there's, there's so many ideas out there where what i like to do is expand things mm -hmm. so for example the bullet time on my stream i am the only streamer in the world confirmed to ha and even the only person in the world to have done this effect live now, bullet time has been around since The Matrix. They invented yeah. it for that film. You know, it's used in so many films since, etc. But that's yeah. the thing. It's in film. It's it, There was the boundary for it was it's got to be recorded. It then, then can be edited and made to look awesome. There was, or no one thought there was a, a quick, easy way to do it live. And when I saw it, obviously, from working in film, I was like, there's... There's something that hasn't been done. There's something that I want to do, not just for the fact of, oh, it'll look cool, but I just wanted the challenge. Yeah. I, you know, I just wanted to try and and do something. If I'd have failed, I'd have, you know, tried something else. But um, for me, the reason I want my stream to be how it is, again, is, is not to be the first in the world with something or to be unique, even though the bullet time has ended up that way. It's just because I love that problem solving. I love those challenges of going, right, how far can I actually push this? Um, and I, I feel that if I'm able to, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got a lot of sponsors 
and they've given me a, a, an incredible amount of technology and um, you know a lot that most people would never have access to but from that that sort of inspires me now to go right I have this so I'm going to use it to work out the easiest way to run all of the stuff I do on a lower end setup so overall everyone on Twitch can see what I do hopefully be inspired by it and then try it themselves because I feel if everyone grows on the platform together rather than you know everyone gatekeeping their little secrets and things yeah I, I want to share it so the the just live media itself grows and if i can contribute to that in any slight way then i'm happy you know that there's there's what i want from it is to is to just contribute and um push things in a direction that benefits everyone did you have someone was there like someone that helped you like what inspired you why do you want to give back is that just your personality um i hmm no, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's that's good. I mean, for me, I've, and this is going to sound really, really sort of like... Nope, lay it on thick. Topic, but um, I have been through a lot of crap. And yes. I've met a lot of very nasty people in my life. Unfortunate. Which, you know, is life. Yeah. But I've also met a lot of nice people. I've met a lot of enthusiastic people. I've also met a lot of people who have the scope and drive to do lots of things, but necessarily don't have the access to what they need to be mm -hmm. able to do those things. And for me, I've been in that situation. And the one thing that is just wonderful is being able to push in the direction that you want and get over those hurdles and i had teachers and people in my life who i will always remember because they helped me get over my hurdles and they are my they're the people that make me every day when i'm like right i hit rock bottom with a problem i'm like right what would that person have done or you know right i've got to solve this for that person because they helped me and if i can ever do the same for someone else that those people did for me, if I can do that for another streamer or another content creator or even just friends, you know, then I'm happy. That's yeah. that's what drives me. And like you say, I guess it's my personality trait is there are a lot of crappy people in the world, but there are also so many nice people who deserve so much more. So if I can contribute to the, the, the nicer people being able yeah. <laughs> to do what they want, then, you know, I've made an effect on the world that hopefully will change someone's life and again it sounds no. like i'm you know like oh let's change the world but you know it's little steps that that cause change rather than yeah. the big things and i uh i totally get it i think um one of my core values as a person is building relationships and helping people yeah um what i really enjoy about my job is that i've gotten a lot from my career and my choices and I have the effect uh, to really change someone's life um, and when someone appreciates and you know later down the line a year or six months or um, someone messages me hey uh, I really appreciate what you did to help me get here and it's really changed my life uh, that makes me melt inside I don't know yeah. I had a student did that when I was a teacher and I had a couple of recruits 
um, send me a message back saying, hey, thank you for what you did. Yeah, and I think I think that really sums it up is, you know, there are, there are people like that that have done things for me in my life, and I want to do the same because, yeah... <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Uh, ever seen the film Klaus? No, Klaus. Yes, it's an amazing and I mean absolutely phenomenal film. Uh, it, it takes is a it... totally different spin on how Christmas was created. How do you spell Klaus? K L U A S. Oh yeah, I was already off. Klaus. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, it's it's on. I believe it's on Netflix. And it is, I am, okay, I'll just put it out there. I'm not a fan of Christmas for my own reasons. Okay. Um, it's not because I'm a Grinch and like, blah, 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 Christmas. It's just, long story short, my Tourette's gets uh, worse when people, other people are excited and hyped. So okay. every time we get close to Christmas and all the shops start filling up with all the stuff and everyone's getting over the top with Christmas presents and the whole bu- hustle and bustle and panic, that just sets hyped. my, my Tourette's goes crazy. So you know, since I've been young, Tourette's has been a really stressful part of the year for me, mm-hmm. rather than a delightful thing. Um, so that's why my dislike of Christmas comes from. It's, you know, not that I don't like seeing people happy. It just yeah. personally causes me quite a lot of torment. But because of that, I'm not a fan of, like, Christmas films and things like that. But this one, oh boy, you've got to watch okay. it. Okay. But the point, the reason I mentioned it is there's a line in it which I was like, oh my God, that's amazing, which is one act of true goodwill always sparks another okay i can uh yeah i i like it i'm gonna i'm gonna add it to the list i have to see i know netflix is regional so some some things aren't available in the u.s it's available in the uk Uh, what was that (laughs) yeah uh i i may or may not have one well i do i have private internet access so yeah i'll have to check it Uh, out um so this is kind of Sorry, just that quote sort of rung true to like the the conversation we just had of, you know, if you're, if someone's good to you and you then pass it on, that person is more encouraged from their positive experience to do the same. And I I believe that itself really also embodies streaming as well. You know, there are, um, my stream makes me happy. You know, I, I did it as something fun i never expected someone to watch i ended up just loving the drumming and the one person who came in and said i really enjoyed that song made me go yeah i've done something good today and now <laughs> the fact i get to in you know entertain hundreds of people and have a huge community of thousands of people the fact when i get those messages they just go you know what i really enjoyed you playing my song today that's what i needed after a crap day like yeah that that's what it's all about you know, and it may be my job, but I've always said if I ever get to the point where I can't support myself from my streaming, I won't stop because yeah. it's it's a passion before a moneymaker. Yeah. So Sorry, I know you had another question. Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking about this as as you were talking. Uh I think one of the first things you brought up was your Tourette's. Do you see yourself as a person like are you Mr. McGregles or McGregles, excuse me? With Tourette's, or do you just see yourself as you? It's actually Mr. Greggles. Mr. Greggles, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's right in front <laughs> of me. I'm staring hey, at it. Hey, don't worry. Like uh, I've been called Mr. Gurgles, Mr. Giggles, <laughs> Mr. Greggles yeah. is, is one of my personal favorites. But uh, um, So 
I don't know whether you knew this about me, but I've been on a lot of documentaries about my Tourette's. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so if you Google Gregory Story, as in story building, um, and then Tourette's, you will just get me. Um, So I've been on documentaries about Tourette's since the age of eight. Did one when I was eight, when I was 15, when I was 18, one when I was 22 to 23. Um, And all those documentaries have been about showing people that someone with the worst kind of Tourette's you can get, which I have, you you can't tell from me talking now, but I'll I'll explain why. Um, Essentially showing that, you know, the life of someone with Tourette's, but also how you can be yourself with it. That has always been my message is to, to people with the condition or even other conditions such, such that like I have, which I'm mildly asp- uh, Asperger's. Uh, I have ADHD. I have ADD. I have uh, cataplexy <laughs> and, and dyslexia, you know, a whole ream of things, but it doesn't have to stop you. Yeah. So, but to sort of like answer your question before I talk a bit about why I'm not ticking, um, is I was very much that that Tourette's kid yeah. growing up. You know, people knew me because of that. And at that time in my life, that was fine because I was trying to make the world a better place for people with Tourette's and obviously myself. So I could walk down the street and if I had a tick or I shouted something and someone turned and went, why are you doing that? And I say, I've got Tourette's. Instead of being met with what I used to be when I was a kid, which was don't know what that is, or no, you just mm-hmm. badly behaved. They go instead, oh yeah, Tourette's, I know that, and carry on. So for me, that was really important at that time in my life. But as I yeah. grew older and I, I wanted to pursue what I was doing, I didn't want to be known as that Tourette's guy, that Tourette's kid um, anymore. And also I didn't want people, like you said, you know, the way you put it as well is, Am I Mr. Griggles or is it the Tourette's? You know, I always have to mention it's just become a thing. But Mm -hmm. really, I want people to see me before they see the Tourette's Mm -hmm. because I am me. The Tourette's does not define me. Yes. So, yeah, I I have to mention it because otherwise, you know, (laughs) people nowadays won't know immediately because I've learned a way of controlling my Tourette's, not through suppression and holding it in, but essentially utilizing it in different ways through mental control. I heard you say on stream once when I was watching you, how you kind of described uh, like you're drumming in your head. Yeah. So when I had my very first drum lesson... I didn't want to start the drums because of the Tourette's or anything. I just saw a kid drumming at school. I was like, that's cool as frick, and I want to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I sat down. I, I, I was shown how to pick up the drumsticks. Um, and I started playing something, and my Tourette's disappeared. Like, for the first time since I was six, my Tourette's just fully stopped. How now, old were you? Um, I was 15. Like... So, imagine... You know, for those, well... I I can't imagine that sensation. I have no idea what it must have felt like. Yeah, you know when you get a song stuck in your head? Yes. Imagine imagine this. Having multiple songs stuck in your head constantly. And I mean Mm 24-7. Along with that need to sneeze. Always there. That's wild. 
like, and I mean overwhelmingly so. That is the closest I can sort of describe Tourette's without giving you it. Yeah. Um, or you know when someone walks over your grave, as they say, you get a shudder run up your back and you do a little jolt. Everyone yes. has it every now yes. and again. Imagine that, but every five or six seconds. Wow. That is like the closest I can describe Tourette's without mm-hmm. you, you having it. Um, so after having that and, you know, we're having a conversation now, but um, and th- what I'm about to do is faked. I'll just say that for now because I'm always very clear. Um, okay. I never fake my Tourette's as in, you know, an actual tick. I would yes. never fake it. Uh, but usually if I was speaking before, I would be mm, talking ah, mm, mm, and we'd be ah, ah, and I'd be yeah. trying. Ah. And that's how my speech was. That's what it was like to talk to me. Um, and I sit down at the drums and that just gone. Um, and I cried, like I, I openly just burst into tears uh, in my first drum lesson. Um, thankfully, my drum teacher was at the time um, just amazing. Yeah. But after that, I realized that the Tourette's was totally just dissipated by the idea of and the thought process of playing drums. So I started playing drums more and more and more. But when I wasn't on the drum kit, obviously, my Tourette's was coming back. And I came to the conclusion, it was like, well, Tourette's is a mental exercise. Sorry, uh, Tourette's is mental and drumming is a mental exercise. Obviously, whatever's happening is mentally controlled. Even if I'm not physically moving or even if I'm physically moving on the drums, what actually is suppressing the Tourette's is mental. It is Mm -hmm. in my brain. Um, So how can I recreate that? At which point I started to imagine I was playing drums. Now, I took the idea from gymnasts. Gymnasts will imagine a trick or a, an exercise. If they can't do it, they will mentally run through it, mental practice. Um, and nine times out of ten, when they go back to do it again, after that mental practice, they either see an improvement or they can do it. Because your brain is incredible. It yeah. can you know, work so many things out and um, process so much. So I started doing this where I just imagined I was playing drums and the Tourette's would dissipate. Not to the same degree as physically playing the drums, but it was a massive improvement. But the only problem with that was I couldn't concentrate on, you know, quote unquote, playing the drums and being a normal person at the same time. Uh So I was like, right, I'm going to conquer this. So I learned over the next sort of eight to 10 years uh, how to do peopling (laughs) and simultaneously playing drums in the back of my head. So right now, I am playing drums. I'm playing Smells Like Teen Spirit in the back of my head. And it's constantly going on a loop, different songs. But through, you know, training my brain, I can multitask and and talk to you right now. And it's quite interesting when it came to streaming, having to talk to chat, read chat, control my stream and drum at the same time. I didn't realize, but I've been mentally preparing myself for that since the age of 15. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a wow, man! I'm a, I'm just taking it all in. That's a wild story, uh, but you seem like a phenomenal human being, so I appreciate you. I appreciate that. I I don't <laughs> see myself as being that. No, no one does. No one does. Uh, wow! I'm just trying to take it all in, and then I'm like, okay, uh, how do I ask about a technical thing now after all that? Oh. The- 
just go for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm an absolute open book. So if you have any questions about anything, like, I, I've been talking about my, this is, sounds really narcissistic, but no, I've been oh, talking no. about myself since the age of eight on film. Uh, so really for me, there's no closed doors. Um, okay. You know, my life has always been about either talking about what I'm doing or trying to help others through what I've pushed for. So, you know, I, yeah, I have had such a weird journey in streaming. Um, I've said this on a couple episodes, which I should probably stop. Uh, <laughs> the internet is very upset about recruiters being on Twitch. So I streamed for work. Uh, mm. We have a partnered page that we share, twitch.tv backslash Army National Guard. And um, it's a shared channel of about 10 different soldiers from the United States. Yeah. And whenever we go on that, uh, when we first started, it was pretty rough. Uh, just a yeah. lot of people very upset and a lot of trolling and a lot of spamming in the chat and just real negative things that you have to just stare at. You know, we're not allowed to moderate because it's considered a, that we're a government organization and we can't suppress First Amendment rights. Yep. So we just have to kind of stare at it. Uh my solution has been to, I block every, because it's a, it's a small dedicated group at this point. It's been going on for a couple of weeks. Um, I just have blocked everyone. And then as someone new comes in, I just block them on my personal channel and pop that out in a separate window. And that's how I see chat. So yeah. pe people who are there to conversate and hang out and talk. Uh, we get a lot of people who are in the National Guard that play games and just hang out in the chat. And, uh, yeah. But I've had I've had such a negative experience the last couple of weeks where uh, I really haven't grown as a Sorry broadcaster. That, yeah, I mean it happens. People, I part of my job is so that people can do that, that they are allowed to have those conversations with any repercussions. They're allowed to feel that way. Um, yeah, of course. But it's really hindered a lot of my personal channel and my personal growth with me pushing my personal stream um one of my first goals was to have a good looking and sounding stream that i'm going to be representing an organization and i need it to look and sound the best i can make it with the budget i have uh that budget ended up being a couple thousand dollars because my wife let me <laughs> and, and i bought guy. a bunch of <laughs> yeah i bought i bought a bunch of stuff like the microphone and the preamps and I, I use a, a mirrorless camera, stuff like that. Yeah. Some a, a bunch of Elgato lights. Uh, hashtag not sponsored yet. Uh, <laughs> hashtag sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now yeah, I I want to make my channel more creative and more interactive. So uh, I just I'm trying to learn cr cruise control. I don't know if you use that. Yes, yeah, I do currently. Uh, uh, so I can. I haven't spent a ton of time. Like I said, I've been really busy with my, my job. Um, I can make it do most things with just the regular uh, exclamation mark uh, commands. Yeah. I have tried to make that channel points, and it just broke everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got real frustrated <laughs> and stopped. Uh, I can't imagine how many commands you have for all this stuff. Because there are a lot of things I can do on your channel. Mm -hmm. There's currently a very reduced amount. <laughs> yes, compared um, to before. <laughs> yeah. The 
the thing is, I'm currently working to make my channel a lot better um, when it comes to flow interactivity for um, the the user, the viewer. Um, Cruise Control is an absolutely fantastic tool and very powerful, but um, does lack quite a few things that I personally need. Um, you know, it covers most bases. So I currently have to use a collection of, uh, well, it's, it's Auto Hotkey, Streamlabs Chatbot, uh, Stream Elements Chatbot, Auto Hotkey, and... Um, did I say auto hotkey already? Yes. Yeah. And cruise control. Sorry, I'd meant to say um, all at once. Yeah. Um, plus MIDI connections, MIDI RTP, um, the Stream Deck software. It's all connected together in an amalgamation to create the experience that I, I provide. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I guess. <laughs> The problem with it is currently is there are so many moving parts that it can break quite easily. Yeah, um, that sounds like one wrong like button and it just explodes. Oh yeah, literally. I can't <laughs> update my Stream Deck software on one of my PCs because if I do, it crashes OBS every time my my overlay moves, which Gosh. is every time I hit my bass drum. So yeah, <laughs> there's. I think there's a lot of issues at the moment within sort of interactivity. Like you say, you know, just to get channel points to work for you, that's that's been a challenge, and it shouldn't be. It's um, user like error. Say, Definitely as, user error. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then again, you say that as much as cruise control is easy to use for me, or you know, trigger fire or whatever the other better points. Mm -hmm. There, there's loads of options out there now. People have started creating these. I, I think cruise control is the best in functionality, not necessarily the easiest to use. Uh, can just you, yeah, can you give me an example of somewhere of something that, something that it's lacking that you would like? Um, interconnectivity between PCs. Yeah. Um, that's maybe just a me point, but also um, collective refresh. It you have to refresh it every time you add yes. something so it you know accounts for it yes um could be very easy to just put a timer into it seeing as the load is very small then again you know cruise rate is an absolutely fantastic guy and yeah, works for, hard on it in his own time so for him i have to just yeah put that I, out there is phenomenal yeah i have absolutely no complaints this is just me being nitpicky for nitpicky sake sort <laughs> yeah, of thing yeah you know um and if cruiser is listening to this somehow yeah, cruiser eight. I, you, you're I greatly a appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm I'm more talking. I guess you know. Obviously, cruise control is what I use, so therefore it's being directed at that. But my whole yeah. point is these systems, better points, trigger fire, cruiser, cruise control, uh, even Streamlabs chatbot with its auto hotkey integrations and things are not user friendly by default. Yeah. Um, the average Joe on Twitch will not be able to set that stuff up, which is currently why myself and Crash, you know, work so hard to help people, but also have all of this stuff, and people still come into the channel and go, whoa, because actually, it's not, for me, it's not pushed enough. It's um, almost not gatekeeped, you know, because people, like, say, myself yeah. and Crash, we help people with it. It's not as if we're holding back how to do it, but... um 
a lot of people can't code or understand code, so there needs to be this a better user-friendly interface for all of this stuff. And I, I firmly believe that the the future of Twitch, over you know any other form of media, is the ability to have full interaction from the viewer with a show. See, um, can I say, I think the like top level creators are really just not pushing anything. You know, people with the tens and you know 20,000 viewers the the higher up in viewership oh. i feel like the less effort they put into to their show oh and inherently you you do get to that point i mean it's quite interesting and dr lupo for example amazing creator an absolutely incredible guy does so much for charity does you know so much on the side for twitch and things he's genuinely one of the most genuine people of that level on the platform you know he's he's fantastic um but but he released a thing the other day which um <laughs> knocked me a little because he was like look i have the there's no one else who can create the quality of content that i do and simultaneously record it for youtube and stream it on Twitch at the same time. And then he showed sort of like a rough diagram of his oh, three it, PC setup. Yes. Oh, waste. I, I watched, I looked at that and immediately went, well, that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, because what he does, you could achieve on a single PC. Oh yeah, easily. You know, and but that's the thing there, that it's not necessarily that the top creators aren't pushing. It's, you know, they can become complacent because to a point because they have these large audiences which aren't going away anytime soon but it's also the fact that actually you know they they gain that audience from being an entertainer uh, yes. they did they didn't have to be i mean look at xqc he has a square yeah. webcam no overlay <laughs> no nothing and yes. he's the one of the biggest streamers on the platform and that's not a bad thing you know, I I believe there maybe should be a little more there from, but that's if I was him sort of thing. Yeah. But it does show that people are there for the person, not not the gimmicks. True. But but also it it shows as well how disconnected the people at the top actually are from what is possible in content creation. And sometimes when it comes to innovation and wanting to push a platform, it takes the little guys pushing yeah. to influence the big guys and then when you but the the problem can come from when you get someone bigger who tries everyone goes oh well they did it first yeah. and again it's not a it's not a case of oh i did it first do look at me you know say someone else used the bullet time i'd be like i'm so glad that someone else has taken the time to adopt it you know um but i i feel for the progression of the platform the the bigger guys need to understand the level that you can go to and the, there needs to be people to not educate them, but, you know, be available if they, they seek out that sort of help. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it was quite interesting seeing Dr. Lupo say no one else on the platform could do this. And I could list off, you know, at least 20 people who have the setup to do that on a single <laughs> PC to and, that quality setting. You know? And, with the new cards coming out, I mean, are you so are you going to eliminate any PCs with or when you upgrade, or are you going to upgrade to any either the three thousand series or the the AMD cards oh, that they were just talking about? So uh, currently, the the five PCs I'm going to have, two of them are going to be Threadrippers. 
Uh, one of them's an i9, uh, and the yeah. other is uh, 3950X. Oh, my God. Uh, um, <laughs> I... I have the top end of computing yeah. available at my fingertips. Uh, the graphics cards wise, I'm running going to be running four 1080, tw- sorry, four 2080 Ti's. Okay. Um, but I will be going to 3090s in every single PC when I'm able to get my hands on them for yeah. specific reasons. Now I know I understand AMD have just come out and absolutely crapped all over Nvidia with yes. it, but. Currently, they don't have any new options for encoding. Okay. And there's the difference. Um, the NVEC, NVNC, whatever, however uh-huh. you want to yeah. pronounce, is a fantastic encoder and amazing for what I want to do within my multiple PC setup. So unless AMD were able to match that... Um, before they release these cards, then I wouldn't consider going with anyone but NVIDIA. Um, as well, a lot of the 3D programs that I use and the rendering that I, I do uh, works well with the NVIDIA drivers. I'm sure of it. I know what I can achieve with that. And I think for me that currently, anyway, that level of expectation from what my tech is um, to, to the output is needed for me. Uh, there's a lot of places that I'm really pushing things and I don't want to be switching to a platform where I'm going to be uneasy of things while Mm -hmm. trying to achieve a set goal later down the line. Heck yeah. uh, I'd love (laughs) to get one of the AMD cards and and experiment with it, but that's the key. I need to be able to experiment with it, find my stability within the new platform to be able to then go and, um, achieve what I want. But I mean, I'm going to be running a 64 core thread ripper, a 24 core thread ripper, and you know the the, the other wild. machines. I I am actually trying a new form of um, file distribution in the in the studio. So all of the fi- there are four production PCs: audio okay. PC, bullet time PC, which will have twenty four webcams <laughs> attached to it. Uh, soon to be sixty four webcams. I'm going to oh try and do God. the whole three sixty. Mm, that's that's a hardware. Hurdle yeah. to jump over. Yeah. I've worked out how to do it. Just I plugging just need, that in. Yeah, I, I just need to physically get the cameras on. I could make it work, but webcams are sold out globally. So whoop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I've got my main encoder PC, which is a 64 core Threadripper, and then I have my background um, displays slash render PC, which will be the 3950X. Um, but the fifth PC, which is what I wanted to talk about, is going to be a storage server. So the idea is that because I'm running all five PCs and a lot of assets will be duplicated over all five PCs, I don't want to, for example, say I update a panel in my overlay. Yeah. I don't want to have to go into all four PCs to, <laughs> to you know, copy and paste a file. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm actually creating a this storage server which will be running 16 M.2 wow. red NAS drives which will be running in RAID 5 over a full 10 gigabit network. Um, Well, it's actually 25 gigabit maximum throughput I can get on the network I've got um, because it's all fiber. And all of the the other four PCs will be pulling their assets directly from that storage server as a network drive. That's wild. So Uh, I will also... The amount of text that you have... 
<laughs> blowing my mind. <laughs> it's I, I've been very, very lucky to have sponsors no. on my side. You deserve it. Believe in my dream, basically. You've been working hard. But I want to I want to sort of experiment with a couple of ideas um to do with dual streaming. Myself and Crash have got plans in the future. Nice. Um, to show people how you can do better, more well-produced live productions across the globe. Um, That's awesome. And using storage servers or NAS drives or even redundant PCs in people's setups to create these better live experiences. And also, again, it links back to interactive experiences um, because I believe currently we are on the verge with Twitch and live streaming even on YouTube, of creating a totally new ecosystem for content consumption. Um, and I, I have a feeling over the next couple of years, things are going to develop away from not necessarily just watching VODs or watching mm -hmm. streams, but being involved in those streams uh, directly as a viewer, not just t changing the color of an overlay, yeah. but... but actually contributing to the content and feeling more as a sort of like a, a, a community uh, can, unit creating this you, content for other people. Can you give me an example? Like what would be, regardless of the technology limitations, like ideally, yeah. what does that mean? So, for example, let's take my bread and butter, music making. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've always wanted to achieve was live jamming or uh, music created using my viewers as the inspiration for it. Now, every time you add in a viewer interaction makes that person feel more, you know, more invested in what they're watching. Um, and I wanted the ability to create a function where anybody at home could record a sound or <laughs> or link in something which yeah. would then be sent to me populated within a sample library that I could pull in and generate um you know make music live with and then that can be sent immediately back out to the people who have helped make it as an mp3 that's pretty cool so that's but that's being really simple with it that's, yeah. like, that's like off the top of my head i mean i could probably achieve that now if i put in the time and effort and i i want to you know yeah. um but relatively i could hook that up in a week to get that working yeah but if you start thinking about taking it to the next level where hmm, you're bringing in people's you're taking people's interaction and using it to fully inspire improvised content without a plan, um, which can continuously run, essentially turning a channel from not just a single person's vision, but a community vision. It's a that, collective. Yeah, that becomes something that's rolling 24 hour, um, is constantly being changed and updated and pushed in new directions. Um, that's where I see live content going rather than, you know, we've, we've explored VODs in YouTube. That's been going 15 or so years. You know, um, we've explored uh, live content from the idea of a performer and viewers. And I think mm -hmm. the next stage is this uh, ability to connect more people live. Um, Are you concerned with, any, with the DMCA stuff that's going on? You know, round two? 
Oh, yes. Um, I mean, it's affected my channel massively. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had to really lock down what I'm playing, which is is a blessing and a curse. So a lot of people are very negative about this at the moment. And a lot of people are putting a lot of uh, um, emphasis on Twitch being the bad guy. Some people are putting emphasis on the labels being the bad guy. And I genuinely think that Twitch is it's, it's an equal share, really. But I think there's a lot of positives to be taken out of this from con the idea of content creation. So, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So, for example... Just to quickly overview, obviously, Twitch has to issue DMCA strikes if a label says that X person has used my content, right? You know, yes. what they, they own license-wise. That is a detrimental and outdated way of um, looking at music. I mean, a quick example of that is I play a song on my stream to 250 people, and at least half of those people usually go... And then add that song to their playlist and restream it on Spotify or YouTube or Apple Music or Amazon Music, wherever. That record label has just had free advertising and probably got an extra 150 streams from it myself, yeah. as, lo as well as myself paying a subscription fee to um, Monster Cat or something else to... to be able to play that music. So they're winning win they're, they're winning all round, you know? Um, yeah. But that aside and say the law was changed and Twitch got their act together and actually licensed music or uh, gave creators the ability to license music properly uh, and affordably. What I see as a positive out of the DMCA side of things is the idea of changing content creation itself musicians are going to have to really push to uh, find the music they want to play and also create their own music, which in turn will spark new forms of genres. We already have it. Look at Harris Heller's stream beats. Yeah. You know, he's created a whole label dedicated around just giving music to people for free, um, which they can then use. And obviously we've had things like uh, monster cat and approaching Nirvana and no copyright sounds for, for years now, but uh, the, the key there with Harris Heller is he's creating it specifically for Twitch, for that. And the, 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 you know, the positives we've seen from that are, are quite astounding. And I think when it comes to changing creation, it's going to show people that a little bit of time and effort into your own development as a content creator can actually guide where you go. Um, in owning your own content. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, for me, my studio is not just geared around having a all singing or dancing camera setup and lighting and all of this. It's going to be a place for me to record music so I can start creating tracks and music to give back to my community for the support that they've given me for free. Um, and that is also being pushed by this DMCA issue. I now have far more of a reason to make that content and make that you know learning curve work to create my music because no one can tell me what to do with it. And I think content creators in general have become very complacent at the idea of just being able to access assets, shall we say, whatever it be, graphical, musical etc uh for a while now 
you know, you can just Google it and use it. That's been the sort of like yeah. idea. Um, yes. And really, that won't fly. I mean, in the general gist of humanity, that doesn't fly. You know, if, if you drew a picture, it's the, the classic internet meme. Someone drew a picture. I made this. Someone goes, <laughs> this is cool. Five seconds later, I made this. You know, yeah. it's it's not cool. We, yeah. it, You see Twitter warriors going on uh, to artists' page all the time saying, you didn't make this credit the actual person, which I, you know, I support. I believe people are owe credit where it's due. And I think music in that sense has been seen very much as um usable for a while now where people can just get away with using it without yeah. any consequences and i do feel that there needs to be some consequences but not in the way that dmca throws it out currently i want creators to be encouraged to push their own side of things you know and i'm not saying that i'm scot free of this i i played i played music i probably shouldn't have for years now it's allowed me to build my channel and i'm very grateful of that but now is the time for me to turn around and rectify that and you know step step my game up um and i think that's actually a positive you know yeah i, I mean there's usually what what's there is that there's a mutual benefit and the dmca just makes things challenging yeah it's it strips away the pot the possibility of a mutual benefit or also you know i'm not saying that dmca is in any way a good thing in the sense of forcing people to create their own music that's that's good i think encouragement there is always needed yeah. obviously there's the people who've been doing it for years and they really obviously stand out it's um, a problem and but yeah you know people make music to be listened to you shouldn't yeah. have to worry where you're listening to <laughs> yeah. it um yeah so, so uh, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, oh, I told no. you about an hour. Uh, there's a couple minor minor things. Um, real quickly, what size drums drumsticks do you use? I, I was use... a two B guy. I like oh, a picker. Wow. Oh, I like big a picker. ones. Well, I, you know, I came from drumline, from marching band, so yeah, I like a thicker stick. So I use the Minel Heavy Five B. So this. Uh, it's you see i used to use the virgil donate signature sticks the assaults which are sort of like they're just slightly slightly and i mean only slightly lighter than a 2b they're still quite a heavy stick they're a ball-ended tip um great for you know metal but also really nice for jazz stuff actually but they're heavy really heavy and i was playing those on an electric kit and i went to twitchcon and i played on the the acoustic drum kit there and without even meaning to was smashing the <laughs> kit like way yeah. heavier than i wanted to be even trying to control it the sticks were just guiding me uh with the velocities and it wasn't Genting drum heads left and right yeah mm, it was not good and i'm a pretty not big that... stick the 5b yeah i mean well the thing is the the heavy 5b is interesting because I'm looking at it right now. It's a thinner shaft, uh -huh. but it's a heavier wood. The okay. density is different. It's not because it's physically bigger. So you get a bit of that weight, but you don't get the same physical coverage. Um, and because of the length, you still get a really nice control of your bounce. It's not too short to be stunted, and it's not too long to flail. It, it sits in a really nice, nice area. Um, and I've gone from the ball-ended tip to the acorn tip with uh, the Heavy 5B from Minel just because 
for me it it gave a bit more control of the bounce that I wanted. Um, it's I I've really enjoyed. I picked them up by accident. Well, not accident. I saw them in the shop, and I'm. Uh, oh yeah, every time you have one, you're just like feeling every different <laughs> size to see what feels good. I I pick up. Every time I go to a drum shop, I always buy a new pair of sticks just because you never know if you might find that stick that's better for you. So, yes. And if not, I've got sticks I give to students when I was allowed to give lessons, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, I picked them up and I'd had them in my box for a while and um, the Virgil Donate ones were, you know, after TwitchCon, I was like, right, I need to reevaluate the stick I'm using. It's, <laughs> it's just not working. And yeah. I, I picked them up out of the box. I was like, Oh hello! You know they still had that bit of weight I wanted, but they weren't tree trunks. Um, yeah, I still warm up with the Virgil Donati sticks because they're brilliant for you know with the heavier stick. If you play yeah. wrong or your um, your technique's bad, you feel it because of the weight of the stick throwing you around, sort of thing. You've got to be streamlined. So I still use those, but uh, for actual playing, yeah, heavy yeah, fight beat. They they do also for... have a ball ended tip version as well, which is very nice. <laughs> There's a a, a drummer named Thomas Lang that has a very he has his own signature stick and it was a huge it reminded me almost of my like the drumline sticks I use uh, I use that for a while just I don't know I, I was a big fan of a You're having really more feel Go ahead. <laughs> um, I have Thomas Lang's number um, <laughs> and I've had a drum lesson and helped him set up his kit and everything he, he is phenomenal one of my favorite percussionists the he things he does the, just ambidextrous that he has that's not a real word yeah it's ridiculous uh so uh lastly and this is something uh my last don't worry about my time if you if you want to ask more questions and go on for a bit longer i am totally fine with it but if (laughs) you need to wrap up like like i'm i'm totally fine just so So, if if you want to ask and discuss more, don't feel it's it's but. fine. I hope this isn't the only time we talk. I intend. Oh, unfortunately, no. your recordings or your shows are kind of like right prime during my work day, so it's a little difficult <laughs> for me to hang out. Yeah. Um, I have a buddy in London that, in order for us to game, because he has a family, it's either got to be really late or really early. So he'll either wake up at five in the morning and I'll stay up till midnight, or I'll wake up at five in the morning and he'll get to play with his kids not being in school right now yeah. it's been a, a challenge for us to get together so i i understand time zones <laughs> yeah they're fun tom when i was i was talking to tom previously um the last last episode was tomination yeah uh, i usually do all the the like uh, hey you can find you know you can find him here blah 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 in post and i felt really bad because i was like all right and i'm just gonna stop and tom was like oh you're not gonna you're not going to let me tell everybody where they can find me? You're just going to turn off right now? And I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I, I don't mind. Uh, so I would like to give you a proper send-off. Where can people find you? When do you? When are you on? So um, twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Greggles. Um, and I genuinely at the moment don't have a stream schedule <laughs> I, I i stream on tuesdays thursdays fridays and sundays and probably the only stream that out of those four which is currently set is the sundays which is from three o'clock uk time whatever uk time may be yep. at that time either bst or gmt it's currently gmt okay um, <laughs> when did that change about three or four days ago it was very it's very it, it started this week, actually, yeah. What time is it currently for you? 
It is five minutes past four in the afternoon. Okay, so you, you're now four hours difference from me before you're five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the the interesting thing there is with my schedule at the moment because I'm building the studio, I can't keep to the full schedule, which yeah. I'd usually start six thirty and go until about ten o'clock uh, in the afternoon evening. But that is a lot of drumming. Uh, it's not that much. I have done fourteen-hour drum streams before. You just—I just imagine you have huge forearms. Like, I don't. Forearms. I'm an absolute skinny. <laughs> you know, good drumming yeah. comes from sort of efficiency and things. Yes. And and I'm all about the Mola method and yeah. and not using any uh, sort of like power, shall we say, to get yeah. get things moving. But yeah, I I did a fourteen-hour drum stream for charity and. I probably could have kept going. So my plan is when the studio's open and I've got a soundproof room where I can't dis- disturb anyone, yeah. I'm going to attempt to do a full 24 hours. Ooh. Is there an estimated time of when, you, when you're going to be completed with the studio? So I was hoping to go for around the 15th of November, but currently, currently with uh, the fiddliness of the setup, it's looking like end of November now. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping and pushing for end of November. I don't want to delay it any further to, you know, obviously into I can't December. Wait, I'm really excited. Unfortunately, I've only really been following you uh, since Crash made the recommendation. And uh, I've only seen you in your temporary setup. So I've seen some of your VODs and uh, some of your YouTube videos from when the, the setup you had. And that looked phenomenal. Oh, the, well, so I'm really this excited. Is... Mm. The one thing I promise with my new setup is it will be unlike anything you've seen on Twitch. <laughs> and okay. I am holding myself to that in the sense of I will not be launching the studio until it's ready. In previous iterations, I've set a deadline and I've pushed myself to that deadline. Where with this, I'm pushing myself to get it done as quickly as possible. But I have just... The, the whole studio... If you add up everything, including sponsored tech and and money put in for myself, and and then Twitch is around sixty thousand pounds. Well, so I <laughs> want to make this good. It has to be the best thing that I have ever produced, and hopefully anyone has ever seen. Um, so I, I'm I'm going all out, and if it takes a little longer for me, it's worth it for the payoff to be able to just be like right i've actually realized my vision here um you know because it's i've got this chance probably one chance to really make a big wow um awesome so i i'm going for it (laughs) nice i'm very excited to see what it comes so i'm gonna hit that stop button all right ladies and gentlemen that is how the cookie crumbles this has been episode 16 of the stream token podcast I appreciate each and every single person who made it to the end of the episode. You guys are phenomenal. Until next time, guys, stay happy, stay healthy. I'm Aldo underscore Rob, and it has been a pleasure to serve.